Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Eric Lee. Eric is a restaurateur and food concept creator with over 12 years of experience in the industry in both the UK and Dubai. He is someone who is extremely passionate about food and after launching numerous successful concepts in the UK, he decided to make the transition to Dubai where he and his partners have launched Ugly Burger and Ugly Noodles. During this episode, we discuss his journey with food. He shares his story of owning a Subway franchise and the lessons he gained from that experience, how to maintain quality scale, and the rise of mid-market food restaurants in the UAE. And the last message he wanted to share is no matter what stage you are in your life, do your best to stay positive and most importantly, be happy. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Eric Lee. Thank you, Khalid. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. No, no, of course. It's a pleasure to come on the show. Thank you. Um, so, Eric, you mean, so uh, I didn't tell you this before we started because I wanted to let you know once we uh, on the recording. So last so last week, obviously, we went to came to Ugly Noodles. Yeah. And that's uh, where, where I saw you, you know, behind the kitchen making yeah. <laughs> making the noodles. But before that, so like just before we, we came to the pop up, we were at uh, one of my fiance's friend's house and like his his family was there, whatever. We were chilling and. And they're like, what are you guys up to today? I'm like, oh, we're going to this pop-up called Ugly Noodles. Her, his uncle was like, Ugly Noodles? I'm like, do you know a guy called Eric Lee? I'm like, no, I, I don't. I'm like, I'm like, why? I'm like, he's like, because he's the one who like does it. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, I know Chang. So, but like, <laughs> I, I know Chang. Uh, I've, never met, I've never met Eric, but uh, yeah. I know about Chang. And then he showed me like your Instagram, whatever. And it's like, co-founder Ugly Noodles. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so I, I haven't heard about Eric before. And yeah. then... So went from that, then I went to, when we went to the pop-up and then I recognized you behind, you know, behind, <laughs> behind the counter. Behind the sweat and behind, tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I did some research and I took a look at, you know, what you've done and it looks like you've been in food for a very long time. Mm. And like, I didn't know you guys, you and Chang, we've been working together. And like, I, you know, once you dig a little bit on Instagram, like you said, in Dubai, the food, food community, you can start seeing the links and yeah. how everything's yeah. connected. So it's just very random how... All, the, all of this happened, but I, I like, I love these kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, thank you so much for the food last week. It was incredible, guys. Whenever they do the next pop-up, yeah. make sure you go. You will not thank be you. disappointed, thank honestly. Thank you so much. Um, but Eric, uh, I'd love to speak to you today about like food, your experience with food. I know you've been in food uh, and you said your family had been in food for, you know, quite, you know, for years and yeah. so on. So I'd love to find out, you know, what's your story, what's your journey. Uh, so before we get into everything, all the little details, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there. Yeah. So oh, where to start? It's been a, it's been a very, very long journey. Uh, should I go from, all the way from the beginning? So you have uh, a full history? Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever so, you'd like, whatever you'd like. I was born in a city called Amersfoort near Amsterdam, 1983. Okay. Okay. I was there for four years. Then we moved over to Germany. I was there for another four years. So then at the age of eight, we moved to Scotland for okay. one year. Okay. And then after the year in Scotland, we moved to Leeds. And predominantly for the rest of my life, I was in Leeds for my education and everything else. Uh, my parents... They've always been in food. So they've, they moved away from Hong Kong for work purposes. Sure, yeah. Uh, they met, my mom and dad, they met each other in Amsterdam whilst they were working. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah, so they both left Hong Kong on separate trips and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah, so uncles, aunties in 
the Netherlands, in Germany, in Scotland, in the north of the UK, all of them are, are in the F&B industry. Okay, wow. Um, okay. So, you know, from a very young age, we were pushed into working there. <laughs> Some people would probably call that slave labor. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we, we got pocket money for it. So yeah, sure, Everyone's sure. happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so, my dad, knowing how hard the F&B industry was, he kind of pushed us away. From, okay. from actually entering that industry. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So we did, we, we pushed it through uni. Uh, so my sister's in tourism and then now she's a teacher. I was, I actually ended up doing engineering at university. Sure, sure. And ended up doing a master's in engineering. Okay. Which I couldn't actually get a job in the UK with that. After doing all this, like oh. four years, five years of education, higher education, uh, all, most of the job opportunities at that time were abroad. And I okay. didn't really, at the time, I wasn't ready to move anywhere. Stayed in the UK, then got into banking and finance okay, for yeah. about 18 months. And yeah, that literally took the life out of me. He <laughs> <laughs> sat behind the desk, nine to five. And, and the opportunity came up. It was around 2017, the offer came. Uh, there was a Subway for sale, Subway franchise, a sandwich chain. Like, at the time, it was the world's biggest franchise. A friend's friend had it at the time. And I thought, you know, why not get back into F&B? I wanted something easy to do. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I diversed. Before that, whilst, <laughs> oh, sorry, whilst I was doing finance, uh, I, was, I got into residential property development okay. in the UK. Yeah. So I would take empty properties. I've been derelict for years, mm -hmm. redo them either keep them for rent or sell them on. Sure. Uh, from that, naturally progressed into commercial. Okay. And that's when it got kind of a bit trickier because what do you do with a commercial property? Yeah. So I was asked by numerous landlords, like, do something with this. It's been so empty for a while. And it, it was natural to me then just to put little simple cafes, restaurants into these empty properties and sell them on as an ongoing business. Um, so one property came, we thought, you know, this is a decent property. It was already let to Subway, but the, luckily at the same time, the guy was selling it. Okay. Like he, he lived okay. quite far away from the store. The store, yeah. And at the time, like, he didn't see the potential. He was in an area called Round Here. Uh, it's 95% predominantly a Muslim community. Okay. Uh, so the natural instinct for me was to diverse into halal concept sure yeah and yeah. at the time in london in the midlands they already had halal subways but not in the north of the uk so okay. I thought, why don't i why don't i do this okay so i got hold of the store we opened it in 2008 okay around august or july and initially subway said no you, you can't turn this into a halal subway it's not going to make any difference to your sales I said, well, if it doesn't make any difference, it's, like, it's yeah, on me. Exactly, yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm and investing the money. Exactly. And you as the, uh, you as the franchisee have the, the, the ability to manage and run that business as you see fit? Or are there, because from their yeah. perspective, it's like, if I'm a franchisor and I'm, I'm loaning it out, as long as I'm getting money at the end of the day, I yeah. don't really care what yeah. you're doing with that. Or am I wrong? No, maybe, no, maybe I'm wrong. Completely correct. Uh, you can run it up to 
you st- they, they still have their guidelines. Sure. Yeah. They will send a field consultant every month to check on you. Really? Yeah. And there's a scoring system. Okay. So they said, listen, if your monthly e- evaluations are good, we'll let you do whatever you want with the store. So I said, cool. So I was there every <laughs> single day, Monday to Sunday, for a solid three months on the open closing shifts. Like yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. Days. It was run perfectly. And I scored 100% for three months running. That's amazing. And I said, okay. I said, listen, I've done the most I can. I've got 100% on my evals. The sales are not picking up. So I need this now. Yeah. So they said, fine, you have to close your store down for two weeks. You have to clean, sanitize everything, get rid of all the meats in the store, restock everything again. So the old stock we gave away to other Subway stores for free. And then we restocked everything halal. I had some friends in the media, newspaper, local newspaper, local radio stations there in the area. So we did like some crazy mass marketing. This is the first, I don't know, multi, I don't know what you call it. Like an international brand. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. In the north of the UK. Yeah. That is now halal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can eat this now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it, was, it was slow to begin with because, you know, the people there, they, they, they were still a little bit behind. It's not like how it is. Everything's halal, yeah. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. franchise yeah. is halal. Yeah. Yeah, in the north of the UK, it was pretty new to them. So like, you had a few people, like, asking, like, oh, but you're Chinese. You know, why... <laughs> you know. But then I, my far background is I do have some great great grandparents who are from Malaysia, so there's that okay, there's that okay, there. yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm Muslim myself, as okay. well, converted. So oh no way! Oh, welcome, <laughs> well, happy to have you. <laughs> um, so yeah, it took a little bit of time to build up, and then eventually got the momentum going. Yeah, started inviting key people to come and eat. And they would obviously tell them people, tell other people. And yeah, the, the sales tripled in about a year. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and it just continued to grow and grow. And then after eventually it stabilized. Stabilized. Had a very good sales. Yeah. And so do you still have that? Or? This one I got rid of. Okay. Because uh, there's also something written in the contract that you have to attend the quarterly meetings and stuff like that and there's so many promotions going on and off it was if you're not there to control a lot of this like you you stand a chance that they can terminate after three strikes oh really Based okay evals okay evals yeah okay okay i didn't want to risk that and there was at the time it, it was peaked way before this brexit thing happened so i got rid of it just before okay, so yeah so very very good time so you got out on top basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah i think when we first decided that we wanted to move to dubai I looked at offloading the high net worth stuff, which sure. was at higher risk. Yeah. And I keep some of my own branded stuff still operating there. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Got you. So what, uh, what made you decide to make the transition what, to now move to Dubai? Does it, was there just, you'd heard about opportunity or did you have an idea that you thought could be good for this market? Yeah. So my wife's family has been in Dubai for now 35 years. Oh, okay. So, okay. Old school like yeah, us. Yeah, old, yeah, yeah. Old, old. So my father-in-law's Pakistani. Okay. Uh, he's been in and out of Dubai for a long, long, long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, different, yeah. Many, many different trades. Yeah. And I've been visiting since 2011, back okay. and forth. And I've yeah, always yeah. seen that there was such a great opportunity here. Yeah. Um, it's grown so much since then. Yeah. The, the amount of people that have opened, the competition, 
the quality of the food now is is really up there. Yeah, it's pretty high. Um, but for me, the main reason for moving was uh, staffing. Staffing problem with uh, finding good employees oh, in, really? in the north of the UK. Okay, like in London, they were a little better because okay. they have this uh, minimum standard of living wage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they impose, but in the north, it got to a point where major restaurant groups that were opening from the south to Leeds, they were paying the pot washers like 12, 14 pounds an hour, which was, my head chef wasn't even on that. Wow. Yeah, so how can uh, you... At, can... My, at my own branded restaurants. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not a big group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we thought, you know, I can't sustain this. And I saw this way back in probably 2014, before anybody else, because they when i first started 2008 they had a postgraduate visa given to every single person who was a student in the uk that they could remain in the uk for two years for two, after studies yes yeah they yeah, got yeah. rid of that oh okay <laughs> like in so that changes things, early yeah. on like 2011 i think they got rid of it and then we saw an influx of polish eastern european workers yeah then they did whatever they did they grew. Yeah, yeah. And then they disappeared. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. And then who do we have left? Right? Yeah, yeah, so then exactly. we have some Italians who are coming in, some Spanish. Yeah. Um, but the, they didn't have the same working mentality, from what I found anyway. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're sure. not there to graft. Yeah. Whereas the Indians, the Pakistanis that, were, that we had employed before, they were superb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar to here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And we thought, like, to, to expand, it's not possible. I, I don't have a huge family network who I can rely on Yeah. to oversee the operations. It was literally myself. And my sister would help out. Um, and I didn't want to drag my parents back in. Because yeah. they're semi-retired. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was mainly because of that. Okay. And this is why Dubai was so attractive. I can bring any person I want yeah. from anywhere in the world... I can get a visa for them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. it does. It is quite open from, yeah. I guess, from that perspective. It's interesting that um, it's interesting that staffing was a key reason that you decided that it was not no longer sustainable there, or you weren't going to be able to grow there, and that's why you shifted here. I've never, you know, when I typically ask that question, people are like, you know, the besides that, there is opportunity, and I'm sure you saw it given your during your trips, but like that is a unique one that I probably haven't heard before, but it's, but now thinking about it, I think I would like it, it, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I do get yeah. it. I do get it. Yeah. That was one of the main key issues. Yeah. But what cemented it was basically the, when they announced Brexit. Yeah. Because yeah, you yeah. can foresee in the, in the next two years, what's going to happen. Exactly. The crisis of project, which is what's happened now. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's in chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute exactly. chaos <laughs> in the UK. Yeah. Um, so you moved to, so you make the decision, you moved to Dubai. And so when you moved to Dubai, did you have a plan in mind about what you wanted to do here or what was like, you came here and then you're like, okay, we've got, I'm in Dubai now. Mm -hmm. Now what? Yeah. What was the next, like, you know, that next, the next steps, I guess. Um, so step by step, I think my first initial plan was just to take a month off. No, that's yeah. Fine, fair. I settle in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're new to the country. We have an 11-month-year-old kid. Yeah. Okay, settle in and then set up. Sure. Okay. So 
it would have been always an F&B. Like, like, That's it. There's nothing else really for me. Um, but which avenue we would take was was a different question. Um, so firstly, I, I helped my wife set up first. She's an interior designer. She does manufacturing. Okay. Supplies of furniture from Europe. Um, turnkey everything. So I've used it for all my restaurants. In the Beautiful. Bathroom. It you works have, hand you have hand. it in-house. It's yeah. fantastic. We get everything cheap. <laughs> <laughs> or also, cheaper. Yeah, she still cheap, has a match. Yes, yes. Sure, sure. Uh, so we, I actually worked with my wife yeah. for the first, I would say, 10 months. And then we re- renovated a couple of properties in the greens where we live and started meeting a lot of contractors, a lot of hotel owners, interior designers to, to start off with supply with them first. Yeah. So that got up and running, and then eventually it was it was my turn. Yeah. So came 2020 in January. Oh, wow. right, start, right yeah, before. We started to look at properties uh, around GLT. Uh, found a few that we liked, put offers in, uh, and then February 2020 came. And then this one property that we really liked, that was an Italian guy. We... we an offering he said no he put an offering which was a lot higher and he disappeared he's yeah because italy was where it first started so we thought has he has he gone back to italy oh yeah that's yeah what, that's what's true. happened to him until now we don't know what's happened to him you've never heard from <laughs> him since <laughs> from oh wow since okay, okay. I, I still don't know if that property's empty or not yeah. i haven't been back to check uh so yeah it was the middle of covid slap bang in the middle when i was planning to start and then everything just stopped yeah as for everybody else right uh, so I was like what do we do now so I again I took a step back relaxed for the two weeks during the lockdowns started cooking a lot right all the rest of the recipes that I had started developing everything and and then Chang actually saw one of the items that I cooked and wanted some so I gave him it tried it he said it was wow it's, it's really really good and then he said, actually, I have a friend uh, who has a restaurant. Not very strong on delivery, so his sales were affected during the lockdowns. Yeah. He has a huge kitchen space. Um, I think you guys should meet. So we met like the following week, the three of us sat down. We got along. And this is where Ugly Burger started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in Shogun, yeah. in Media City. So we took a small kitchen in there. We started Ugly Burger. It went really well. Like it just, it took off. Yeah. Um, so then from there, the journey started. Then we eventually opened a second branch of Ugly Burger in Dow Russell. Uh, and then from there, the other concept came about. And then, yeah, we started from there. We started from yeah. there. Oh, wow. That's so a great. It's a, a COVID baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, well, this, my, my pod, you know, I can relate to that. Like my podcast was a COVID baby. You know, yeah. I started this March 5th, 2020. So right wow. bang in the middle yeah. when it's like just learning how to do a podcast. And then it's like, oh, I can't even like bring guests <laughs> to my house. What the hell do I do now? But you figure it out. Um, but it's really interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know the story behind um, Ugly Burger and how it started and everything. To be honest, I haven't really heard much about it until over the last like few months. Yeah. Um, I know you guys are planning to open a new one soon, right? Yes, that's going to be our new flagship because the one in Darawasa was a one-year incubation program. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Helped us grow, get the brand out there. 
Uh, yes, Nakhil Mall. Nakhil Mall, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think uh, Chang mentioned that. P2 actually. next to the cinema. <laughs> Keep your eyes open. <laughs> Keep your eyes open, guys. <laughs> when you want some good burgers, go check it out. Um, it's really, uh, I really like that story. It's, uh, um, it's, it's funny how, you know, you do certain, like, thing, you probably didn't think you'd be in the position you are now when you first got here. But here you are, you know, here you are now, you know. COVID yeah. happened, you yeah. started cooking, someone saw it, okay, good, oh, my friend has to get it. You know, all these little uh, coincidences, yeah. you know, in a way, um, I love stories like yeah. that. Um, I asked, so I know you've done, you've been in food for quite a while, so I know you did Foodie Burger, when I don't know how long ago that was, but from the picture, it looked like a while. Yeah, <laughs> the pictures are very old. <laughs> uh, foodie Burger, I know you did Itali- Italiano leads, yeah. and now you're Ugly Burger, so... Yeah. When I spoke to Chang, I asked him, does it become easier when, <clears throat> when you're opening new, like once you've opened one concept and you figured out like how to do it well, does, does the next one become easier? And he told me it all comes down to management. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I think, yes, a lot of it is the management. Uh, it's the procedures that you put in place and the vision that you have for the actual restaurant, how it's operated. So overall, as a as a name, you would call it management. Well, yeah. there's a lot of aspects to management. Yeah. Right? You have the front of house side, you have the kitchen side, you have the logistics, you have the supply chain. Yeah. So yes, all of that, if managed properly, and the right team is behind you. The team. Who also share your same vision, who also have the same work ethic. If they can manage all that for you as well and you can oversee, then yes, it's, your life becomes a lot easier. A lot easier, yeah. yeah. Which is where I struggled in the UK. I didn't have a big network of people. Yeah. What I, I eventually started having to sell shares in the company to tie the management in. Okay. So they okay. are now looking after it. It's it's their little percentage of a baby. Yeah. That if they don't take care of it, they lose they, it. They lose it, yeah. 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 yeah so yeah, yeah. this is how I've managed with the UK stuff. Here... As we grow, we, we are finding it more and more difficult to to place people. We have to really? hire a better team. I can't spend my my whole day driving around to all the different places that we have. Yeah. So it's yeah, if we need a strong management in place. In place I think to, to operate properly. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, for example, Ugly Burger. What what is the reason you guys decided to what was why why start with like burgers was it because it's like just it's a burger so it's like simple and it's everyone likes burgers or is it yeah. was it just like I think when we first opened Ugly Burger there wasn't as much competition twenty 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 I think pick, pickle just opened yeah high joint was around I think yeah. Um, there's a lot of new players in the there's market there's a lot of new people coming mm. like there's a lot open since then yeah. But yeah. just before that, when we were opening, there wasn't as much. And we all love burgers. Like yeah. the, all three of us love burgers. I already had the burger place in the UK. Yeah, for a foodie burger, right? Foodie, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we just decided, let's do something simpler, you know? Yeah. Let's do something relevant. Yeah. Something approachable. Yeah. But bring it up a level. Exactly. Using exactly. premium meats, a premium bun, ingredients. And we have our own little twist on it, which is our Asian background influence on the burgers. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was reading a blog, and you guys had something the this 
spicy bulldog 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 burger and apparently like and it's like a spicy burger and when i was looking reading that i'm like burger and spicy in my mind aren't like usual like (laughs) with meat with chicken it's a lot more common but it was interesting i'm like okay that like that's a that's a nice way to like you know just like pique my interest for a sec like oh what's like i'll be curious to try something like that you know what i mean so i guess okay so we're gonna be we're gonna go down a little bit of a burger hole okay burgers is my favorite food in the world it's my favorite food item i absolutely love them now i'm gonna ask you and i think i know the answer already so i'm curious what like what makes a great burger and because if it's because you said you know uh, taking it up a level so premium meats you know the right buns whatever good quality ingredients fine Mm-hmm. let's say now you remove the ingredients out of it right let's okay. say everyone here is on playing on the same level of ingredients okay. which there's a good chance in dubai i wouldn't be surprised if yeah. that's not the case then it becomes how do you like how do you stand out that's the, because there's so there's so many and what i've found in my experience at least is there's a lot of great burger places that open up when and when it's one place excellent yeah. top you know, I'm not going to, I've mentioned the names before. I'm not going to re-mention them. Whoever's listening, if they've listened to the other episodes, they know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but what I've seen at least, and not just with them, but with a lot of other, you know, burger chains, is once you start, like, adding locations and building it all that, then I've noticed it really does, you know, go down. Mm-hmm. Or not to go down, but it's not what it was. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. what are what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess. I guess it comes down to the staffing, right? Again, we're, we're back to staffing. Yeah, right? <laughs> my main issue. <laughs> Are they have they trained properly to make that food? Yeah. Do you have a central kitchen if you're expanding to produce the same sauces, the same quality? Not quality, like if taking quality out because everyone's using the same, but the the grind, mm. the cleaning of the meat. Mm-mm. Is a sinew in there? How fatty is it? You need someone in-house to do that for you to make sure that the consistency is there, which yeah, is a that's, huge thing. That's the word. That's which the I word. learned from the franchise business with Subway. There's a system in place for every aspect of the business. Okay. And especially the, the making of the food itself. It's down to the grams. Like how much lettuce you're supposed to put on. It's three cucumbers. It's three of this, mm. three lines of the sauce. Yeah. It, 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 there's a, the, the amount of food ingredients that you're putting in, the building process of that product, that all comes together to produce a consistent that, product mm. that you would say is 95% the same every single time, then you're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. this is what you were expecting. If you, if uh, you go exactly. to any branch of a chain... It should be there. Yeah. Near enough. Yeah, right. a, a, exactly. Yeah. And I guess the question, uh, the next question I'm curious about is why then, uh, first of all, I never knew about how many, like when you're explaining it, I'm like, oh shit, brother. Like for and using the subway example, there's a lot of, in my mind, I'm watching someone just putting things and putting it together. But now listening to you like having a system for you know like the lettuce how's it cut how many things how how much you know all this kind of stuff and i'm like oh yeah okay if you take like a burger 
for example, and then you break it down into like each individual like component. I'm like, ah, okay, that does become a bit more. It's a bit. It's harder. Mm. You know, it's, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot more that goes into it than what I, you know, what I see or what yeah. I taste. Yeah. But all of those things are what equal to the taste that I like yeah. or that that has brought me to you and that keeps me, you know, coming back. Yeah. Okay. So that's very interesting. Yeah. I've never I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. So if um so like if you need all those things to be consistent, why is it it's not why is it not uncommon for once it does expand and you have already you already had all those systems in place for the first place. Yeah. But and let's say you put everything into the second, but it just does it does it doesn't do is it does it come back to it doesn't like translate does it still come back to staffing again or is it is there more to it that's uh, what i'm trying to figure okay. out okay so i would say some of it is the staffing okay um no matter how hard you try anywhere in the world you tell someone to do something it sometimes deviates sure yeah like they'll say oh actually why am i doing it this way mm. i can do it quicker this way Mm. I mean, as long as the product is the same at the end of it, it's fine. But if they start cutting stuff, different thicknesses, it's too thin, it's too thick. They're putting too much beef in the in the patty. They're toasting longer on the bun than they're supposed to. So all this affects the end product. Okay. So a lot of it is training of the staff, if you have the right staff. Sometimes we found in our businesses, it's actually better to employ someone who has no knowledge of food. Really? Because I can mold him or her. Yeah, they're a blank slate. Yeah, they don't know anything. And then it obviously depends on the type of food. You can't hire someone to do baking, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to put, for example, again, going back to Subway, to put a sandwich together, they don't know how to what's in it. But I have a sheet in front of them. Yeah. It tells you how to build it Yeah. to the exact same way every single time. And now this person without any food knowledge... Doesn't know how to deviate. Okay, I they got will you. They do it the same time from the time that you've taught them. Because that's all, all they'll the know. Because that's all they're going to know. that's all they know. Ah, interesting. So it depends on the type of business. Of course, yeah. yeah. But it does, it, almost that, that's an interesting example because it seems counterintuitive to do that. Yeah. But I get where, you, I get yeah. where you're coming from. Um, when it comes to so coming back to uh, the ugly concept that you know seems to the ugly brand i guess that you're building out right now you had ugly burger and now uh with like the pop-up there was ugly noodles um why ugly the name ugly yeah it was actually the the first burger we ever made in shogun we didn't have any of the cooking equipment okay so we were using the korean pans to do all the cooking and uh the first burger we we ever made, which was actually very delicious, uh, Chang sent a picture of that exact <laughs> burger to his wife, who was in Korea at the time, and then her first words in Korean, she yeah. said, "That's a really ugly burger," <laughs> like, <laughs> and it kind of stuck with us. We thought, actually, this word "ugly," it's transferable. Yeah, we can use it for multiple brands, different concepts. Yeah. And yeah, it, it sticks with you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's also, uh, so there's this famous chef. Uh, what's his name? The guy who owns Momofuku. Oh, Dave Chang. Dave Chang. Ugly yeah. Delicious. And, uh, there you go. Ugly Delicious. And <laughs> um, when I, so when I saw like that name, I immediately thought of, because I've watched that, I thought of him and that, you know, that food doesn't need to be 
doesn't need to look pretty for it to be del- like absolutely delicious, which is true. Mm-hmm. Now I know there's a there's obviously a time and place for everything. Yeah, you know, in certain settings, no, it has to be beautiful because then I'm definitely coming not coming back because I'm not pay- gonna pay that because yeah. the the eyes eat first and then like you yeah. you eat your food. But um, going with the ugly concept idea, I think it's much it's very relatable. It's very, it's more casual, you know, yeah. it's easier, you know, it's the, the, the branding is, yeah, we don't, I'm not taking my, it's, this is good, might not look great, but like you will enjoy it, you know, that kind of thing. If it, it fits the concept. Yeah, exactly. Like burgers if, are messy. Yeah. They're yeah. juicy. Yeah. You drip when you yeah. eat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely does fix the, uh, fix the con, uh, fit, sorry, the concept. Um, but I was looking, so looking back, uh, I looked at this, okay, so the Ugly Burger, and I know you did Italiano, yeah. and I know you did uh, Foodie Burger, yeah. and like you were the uh, Subway franchisee. Now, it seems, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems that your preference is more casual food. Yeah, for it, sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Okay, tell me a little bit. So, what, yeah, we, we call that uh, QSRs, Quick Service Restaurants. Oh, okay. Where I feel it's, it's the background which I grew up with. So even though my parents had Chinese restaurants, it was very casual. Yeah. It wasn't the fine dining style, sit down with proper cutlery and everything, silverware. It was very casual Chinese. Uh, we, had, we did all deliveries as well. So I understood, understood the delivery game as well very strongly before I started. And then working with Subway, it's, it, it was a lot easier to manage and a lot less wheels working at the same time sure i like can i can see that proper big restaurants it's there's a lot of stuff a lot of expensive ingredients i i really didn't want to go down that route so for me it was easier to implement systems put those in place uh even the burger and the italiano that i have in these this the systems are all in place set up yeah. similar to a franchise there's everything's labeled you have pictures of everything and yeah it's, it's a quick service restaurant yeah, it's very casual. It's so easy to easier to control, easier to hire as well for me. Sure, I guess you, you need know. less uh, tech, like special, you know, yeah. special positions yeah. that you need to fill. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I, yeah, I prefer those type of businesses. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I may not go into something and, higher. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and and that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Would you, you know, would you ever, would you ever consider going into uh, fine dining? And if you did, would yeah. it be? Do you have like do you have you always had like something in mind? Would it be Chinese or would you go for a completely different cuisine? I think for now, I don't have a specific concept in mind. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the ugly noodles is going very well. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so really really good. We need to expand the menu on that until we have a completely complete menu of certain amount of starters, mains, desserts. So right now we have very just a few items. But yeah, each one has been refined. Exactly. Yeah. So we need to develop that. Uh, eventually, we may have a space with that. But I think, again, I think it's, you sh- it's, it's I think more. You should. It's never going to be a refined experience. It's always going to be very urban, very street. Okay. Um, so you wouldn't go into like you would never uh, not say never, but you don't see yourself going into like the Zuma world. A bit more difficult. I would say. Um, sure. If I did decide to go there, 
down that route, it would be hi- it would be a lot of hiring. Yeah, yeah, it right. is because yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're taking yeah. whatever you're doing yeah. now and like multiplying that. Yeah, by. and then I need I need people who are more even more so experienced than I am. Yeah, who have been to culinary school. Like I I can't for for right now I I I don't know anything about sushi. I, how to produce yeah very very good good sushi yeah so yeah for now i think qsrs are running fine and it's it's the mid-market in dubai as well it is which is true which is why i came into dubai to to enter the mid-market right gotcha yeah yeah. the super top guys are always going to be there yeah very high competition um the cheaper cheaper guys they have their own clients they'll always be super busy as well but when i entered the the mid the mid market was missing, yeah, which is where I really wanted to enter. You have very, very delicious food at affordable prices. That's that, <clears throat> that's true, and uh, I think over, over I can definitely over the last few years, there's been a big like increase in that in yeah. mid market restaurants. Like yeah. I can go to a place, um, I don't know where's, like I could go to a three fills for example, have unbelievable like food, but I'm not and. Maybe it's let's say if Zuma quality is like A plus plus, I'm getting like I'm getting pretty much A, like you know, or like mm-hmm. slightly under, you know, it's yeah. still very good, and I'm not paying that kind of price, which yeah. is very attractive to like me personally because, and there's an increase in it, so there is a big demand for that mid market. Like yeah. you said, I think the big boy is always going to be there, but what shocks me, and I spoke to Chang about this, is like I can't believe how many big boys there are. Like, yeah. of, you know what I mean? Of that level, of yeah. that scale. Like, last night, we went out for dinner, <clears throat> me and my fiance for my birthday, okay? To a new oh, happy birthday. Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, man. So, I was doing research online. I was thinking, I'm like, oh, where should, you know, where should we go? Whatever. I found a restaurant. I'm like, will not say a name. I went. It was great. The food was great. It was very good. But I probably wouldn't go back. And that, I, and I was thinking that last night. I'm like, why? Why wouldn't I come back here? I don't know what it is. I don't think it's the, uh, it's not the decor. It's not that. The service was great. Mm-hmm. Everyone was very professional, very nice. Food was good. Service was like, all the ingredients were there. But I know like, and that's like a, you know, we're talking about like a, you know, the, the high end, you know, restaurant yeah. vibe. I'm like, I know if I went somewhere else. Like, there's another place I could go to have very similar food, and I would probably go back there more, you know, than come back here. Like, it's not that the food was great, yeah. but I still can't answer the question. I, I don't know why I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go back. It's too high end. No, that's no. not it. No, it's not the price. It's not the price? No, it's not the price. And that's what, and that's what I can't figure out. The vibe? Out. It was a bit too, maybe too the, bougie. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the vibe. Definitely, there was very, very interesting clientele. I'll say, mm. that. I'll say that for sure. Yeah. But some, some, I don't know, something about it, I'm like, you've done from yours as a restaurant, you have done everything right to make me happy as a customer. And I was very happy, yeah. but I won't come back. Mm. And I don't know why. You're a tricky customer. I don't know. <laughs> may, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I am. I don't know. But you do, you have places where you feel more comfortable going regularly, regardless True. of the price. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's same certain places where I've been. Very good food, prices okay. But something 
just didn't fit. So yeah. Like, oh, okay, I've been now. I don't uh, need to go back. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think, and that's, I think that per- personally, that's how I mark like a good restaurant. I'm like yesterday was a good restaurant, but a great restaurant is, oh, I've been, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to come back here. Mm. You know, yeah. like I, I'm so excited to come back here. Yeah. Um, like my favorite, like I'm a huge, Chinese food is my favorite cuisine, okay. by the way. Yeah. Like it's absolutely my favorite. I don't, I don't know the difference between, uh, Cantonese and you know non uh, and like the other the other style as well. I don't know the differences. I just like Chinese okay. food, you know. So yeah. if you give me dumplings, I'll be happy forever. <laughs> um, but coming on to I guess the like in so using that example kind of like of yesterday, I guess the question is whether you're in the mid market, whether you're in the high end. I think you can have you can have short term success. I think short-term success is very achievable, but it's about with so many new, so many non-stop players coming into the market. People have the resource, financial resources, to make these kind of concepts. Mm-hmm. I guess how do you stay competitive? Is it you have to change your menu? Do you have to change how it looks? Do you have to, you know, what what what? Are, I guess in your experience, what have you seen like? lessons you've learned on what you need to do to stay competitive i guess there's different phases of like a business as well yeah um i guess the the product has to be consistent all the time because it's it takes very little to for a customer to move away that true yeah that's true um that the first time they have something bad from you they'll think twice about coming back so making sure your product is the best that they can be every single time, as fresh as it can be, made the same way. Uh, that's one. So again, consistency. Uh, building a relationship with the customer, which is what I did a lot back in the UK. I was working, physically working in most of my places. Exactly. People yeah. would come to see me. Yeah. And yeah, to yeah. have my food, secondary. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> so you have that, that greeting, that warmth when you enter. Yeah, where someone will say, "Ah, let me go to this place." Like, I want to say hi to Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I want to say hi to this person that they've met. Like, you could have a very good manager in place who greets people, gets to know the customers. And I've seen that in some places, where one restaurant is super busy and next door is completely dead. Yeah, but then when you look into it and see why, it's it's the service you're getting. Mm, mm. The welcome that you're getting, and uh, then sec- like thirdly, product development, menu changes. You have to see how what sells, what doesn't sell, get feedback from your customers. Um, and yeah, every now and then have something new to entice new customers. But yeah. Again, when you know that someone is new coming in, try to keep them. Like, yeah. Talk to them. Invite them. I guess maybe that could be something. Yeah, yeah. Where the regular places where you go, yeah, you they know you. Yeah, yeah. You feel, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, I think. Is the customer always right? <laughs> the pause. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I think everyone at FMB knows the answer to this word. <laughs> Is the answer yes? But you have to say yes. You have to say yes. You have to say yes. No matter how like, rid- ridiculous. Yeah, it is. I mean, at the end of the day, they are still paying. For your food, if, if there's any aspect of it they're not happy with, if there's something you can do about it, you can change 
just for that person or if it's something you feel actually yes i could implement this change going forward entirely for that product mm. maybe it's a better change true um yeah. but if it's just one time like don't don't knock yourself <laughs> right don't lose any sleep over yeah it. yeah 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 like, take it with a pinch of salt it's preference at the end of the day for different customers some of course. like it saltier some don't yeah some like it sweeter some don't yeah um for us in the qsr market it's it's mass like 95% of the people like your food, you, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get complaints every fourth customer out of 10, then yeah, something's not good. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and okay, so that's interesting. So I think a good point that you mentioned is like, don't, if it's just a one off or it's, it happens rarely, you know, you're probably doing most things right. You might need to just slightly tweak, but if you're getting consistent, you know, issues, then, okay, yeah, something yeah. probably needs to change. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I wanted to ask you, so I know, so you've done the concepts in the UK, and now you're doing concepts in Dubai. So uh, I'm curious, I'm like, what is, what is the difference, I guess, between the UK scene versus the Dubai scene? Like, are there different challenges there compared to here? Is, you know, I'm curious to hear how you, now that you've done both in yeah. a way, and you've had some success. Yeah. How do you like? How do you reflect on the differences? I guess. Uh, I think the main thing from the initial setup is red tape. Okay. Getting approvals to open it takes a lot longer here in Dubai. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. I can open a company in the UK. L- L- what you call LLC here, we call limited in the UK. Yeah. I can open a limited company in two minutes online. And really? I can, I can start trading. That's it. Bank account. Well, same same day. Okay. Uh, over here, like you first, you need your company license. Yep. And so on, so on. It it, it takes a lot longer. Um, but the main difference, I mean, hmm. let me have a think. Have a think. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Yeah, I think overall it was easier to to start something new in the UK, but also there's there's less competition in the in, in the north of the yeah, UK, where, where you were. Yeah, in yeah. London, yeah, it, there's a lot more going on yeah, there. Yeah, but where I was, there was uh, there was a lot less competition. Um, especially in the market which I entered, which was the halal market, mm-hmm. uh, the gourmet stuff there doesn't really exist. Okay, like, I was the first gourmet burger joint. I was the first gourmet. Oh, really? Pizza okay, joint okay. For okay. halal. Okay. First okay. Yeah, yeah. Chinese yeah. halal. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Oh, Chinese halal. You really <laughs> went. Yeah, okay. I really okay. went all the way. Okay. Um, so yeah, competition here in Dubai is now like, very high. Yeah. Say, yeah. In in every concept type of food segment there is now a lot of players mm. and more so i think since covid like post covid now like a lot of big players now are opening their own brands delivery only brands mm. and multiple multiples like you take sushi you go online you search sushi right? i have like a hundred options hundred options and they're probably 
half of them are coming out of cloud kitchens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. So it's that type of competition that isn't there in the UK. It is over here. But if you have a good end product, the price point is good. You can still have some of it. You can still find yeah, success. There's in still it. success available here. Yeah. Um, but as Dubai develops, it'll get tougher. Yeah, yeah, for it sure. Would, it would get a lot tougher. Yeah, I think during COVID, the ones who were not very strong on delivery, they closed. A lot of it was like cleaned out. It's like a cleaning process. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, it was the same in the UK. With foodie, we were already very strong on deliveries. Um, I would say seventy percent of our business was online. Wow! Wow! Excellent. And we like had, for that period, yeah, yeah, yeah. we had scores of like four point seven. 4.8 out of 5. So when COVID hit, and the first lockdowns in the UK was like a complete lockdown. Franchises in the UK never delivered food. McDonald's shut down, Burger King shut down, Domino's Pizza, all the big boys shut down. All the major restaurants in the city center closed down. But we were allowed to stay open as long as you delivered only. Our sales jumped 40%. Wow. In the middle of COVID. That's amazing. Yeah. And then... Everything opened back up six months later. So we had a really nice six months. (laughs) 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 Then everything opened back up. And then there was a second lockdown in the UK. Now, this is where the other players learn. Like, oh, we got to get, we got to be doing We got to be on delivery. So now Mm. everyone delivers in the UK. They learn. Yeah, they learn. So it's, whereas I guess here, they were very much more proud. Nothing closed down here. Food, but like delivery-wise, everything was, yeah. you could pretty much still yeah. get everything. And not only that, I guess the big delivery was very common here already, yeah. but the, the change was the big guys had to deliver. Yeah. You know, if you wanted from, you know, the fine dining restaurant, yeah. you, you could... You could drink. get steak now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, which was crazy. But um, I think one thing I wanted to... Um, so it's interesting, the differences that, you know, that you've seen between here and there. Um, I thought when you said red tape, it would be more there than here. Cause I guess, I don't know, in my mind, I guess, uh, based on nothing, mm-hmm. nothing I know, mm-hmm. it just seemed like I'd feel in the, in the UK, there would be more red tape, but to be fair, over the years here, it's been getting, there's been a lot more things, regulations and stuff being put in place, yeah. but I guess it, it is to ensure a certain standard and certain, yeah. you know, the food is of a certain health and whatever, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. Um, one thing I haven't really discussed and you seem to be the expert in this field or you have a lot of experience is the whole delivery side okay now to become to be able to do deliveries because you said um like with your business and you know with your parents when you were younger that you know you guys would do a lot of deliveries so is the delivery model a completely different like animal that you have to like have the infrastructure to be able to do because from the sounds of it, not anyone can just overnight decide, yeah, we want to do deliveries, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's a lot easier now because of all the aggregators that have come on. Um, back in the olden days. Exactly, yeah. Okay, you would, you would have to call the restaurant, place your order, and then it was cash only back then. Mm. Okay, so yeah, to, you, to be able to do deliveries back then, you would have your own in-house team uh, so you on a busy night you'd have like we would have eight drivers wow yeah eight drivers eight drivers now they're not on bikes 
They're not on motorcycles like they are here. In the UK, it was all still cars. So, you know, you can't weave in and out of traffic. <laughs> yeah, it takes yeah, a lot yeah. longer. But this is how we operated. And we had to to diversify it because it started becoming a normal thing. Exactly, back yeah. Back then, when we first started in the early 90s, it was all table service, counter mm. service. Mm -hmm. You would meet every single customer that would come through the door. Again, talk with them. Yeah, yeah. Build that relationship. And yeah, they would pick up the food. And then slowly, slowly, people started delivering. And then you, you just have to join. You can't say no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back then, it was a lot more difficult. Now, yeah, if you wanted to go online now to do online deliveries, very simple, you sign up. But what you lose is a huge percentage of your business. Yeah, because of the, what, the cut that they take, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, has its pros and cons. Yeah. You still can have your own in-house team if you have a large number of orders. It makes sense then yeah. to hire your own team, uh, which to some aspect, we probably will as well. Like half the team would be our own. Mm -hmm. and half then, then on yeah. the rest. Yeah. Um, the, from a, I get, I think you made a very good point that the difference between when you were doing it back then and now like the, you know, deliver of Talabad, you know, one click. And if yeah. you just join that, you are already now delivery um, ready in yeah. a way. But I was, I wanted to take it a bit further back to, you know, the the business, like the, the actual like restaurant. So because let's say your restaurant fits 50 people. Okay. Yeah. Let's say a small restaurant, whatever fits 50 people. That's your max. So when, if you weren't doing delivery, you're, you're buying for your like that max capacity like this is how much we need for that once you add delivery into that you don't know how many deliveries you're gonna get are no. you gonna be able to you know fulfill all of those or so how so that that's the interesting part like yeah. how do you start to because you almost have to build like another uh what's the word like a separate sub not supply chain but like a separate size of like ingredients and orders and whatever yeah. to have this is ready just in case yeah we get deliveries and we don't know are you gonna get 20 are yeah. you gonna get 30 are you gonna get 100 maybe it's more than you even have in the restaurant so like how do you manage that because that's the tricky part. yeah yeah that's super difficult but you learn as you go there's, there's literally no other way you can forecast until you've done it for a certain amount of time how long would you say is a good, uh, like, a metric, you know, a good at least to give you a nice, like, okay, I, we think this is where we're at, you know. What time frame would you think? Oof. Like, if it's been running for... For me, I can usually tell within two months, I would say. Okay. Yeah, like two okay. months, you should be able to see how it's growing. Mm. And you can compare that to how much marketing you're doing to see if there's an increase if you push. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, so when you do push, you prepare for it. Or you, ru you run like how we ran Ugly Noodles in the beginning. <laughs> We'd have a two-day event. We would think we prepare this much. And after day one, you've used 70, 80% <laughs> yeah, of your yeah. ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> and after day one, in the evening, we would work like crazy to replenish the stock again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And think, okay, now we have enough for day two. Yeah. And you sell out after two hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, crap. <laughs> but we learned from that. And we, of we, course. we grew our production from that. Yeah. And 
for the latest one that you attended at 25 hour hotel i had enough noodles for 900 portions i had enough sauce for 3000 oh wow okay. the noodles were easier to replace than remaking the chili oil Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All the, all the main you, ingredients. You were selling that too, like the, the not so spicy, spicy sauce, yeah. right? <laughs> that takes time to make. Yeah, yeah, sure. So the, the hardest stuff to make, we can ramp up production because we know and we could see the demand yeah. that was there. Yeah. Um, same now with, similar to the wontons. Mm -hmm. like yeah, yeah. We, after we make it, we have to freeze it because the pastry doesn't hold the filling. So we freeze our wontons and... We ramped up production. We had enough. I think we had four thousand pieces of wontons <laughs> ready for twenty-five. We got rid of eighty percent of it. Oh, wow! We still had some remaining. We could have done another day. Yeah, yeah. So it, same. It's we learned from previous mm. events of yeah. how to manage the stock. Yeah, yeah. So it's all down to that, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same for the deliveries. Like you would launch on delivery. I would. Like launch softly first so your team gets used to producing the food, how to pack and stuff like that. I would normally run a promotion after that to ramp up new customers mm -hmm. and then keep them engaged with new offers. But it depends on the margins you have to play with, how much percentage you can knock sure. off the food. Sure, sure. Um, but generally as an example, Say like for Italiano, that yeah. was uh, 2017 or 18. I opened. I can't remember. 17, I think. I wasn't anyway, there, but I think 17. <laughs> yeah. So it was actually a crazy offer when we first opened. So we had a soft opening a few days, mm -hmm. and then on a Thursday and Friday. So we opened a Monday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we gave flyers out two weeks before to all the offices around there, and buy a drink, free sandwich. <laughs> I'll went, take that in a yeah, second. Yeah, the queue it? went round the block. Yeah, yeah. Like people thought we were selling tickets to a concert. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, and um, yeah, we ninety percent of those customers were new from the Monday. Like few people came on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but they were saving themselves for Thursday, Friday. Yeah, yeah. And after that, we managed to retain like forty percent of them. It's pretty good from the two-day promotion. And then, same, I made sure we spoke to every single person that came in. Like, hi, mm. how are you doing? Where, where do you work? Thank you for coming. Yeah. You know, we'd love to have you back. What do you think about the food? And then just keep going like this. And sure. Yeah, and it's, it's, still, it's still pretty busy. Yeah. So what's interesting to me with you, uh, with you Eric, is you seem, you've been, you're involved in, like you've been involved throughout your career in many different areas of food. Mm -hmm. from you know let's say growing up with you know your parents they ran a restaurant so you were doing you know maybe the front of house kind of stuff you know packing whatever so you've you've had that like taste that experience where you have to do how to do that that's one yeah, side yeah. then uh now you do you seem to be doing some more cooking as well you know what i mean uh, so i'm it was ugly for that bowl you you came up with that bowl yes that we ate that was fucking delicious Thank man you. it Thank was you. incredible I ate it and I was yeah. like, wow, Yeah, really? There's uh, a lot of love that went into that. Oh, I, take, I, I, so I think we, I, I counted it. the number of ingredients. I think you I posted think the, something the, about the it. The like, sauce alone in, like in, the, in the Dandan sauce. Was it 23 or 33? 
Was it 33 and one remember. was in it? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's like there's, there's that many lot. ingredients that go into that to have that end product. Um, yeah, we've got that now to a stage where it's, it's very consistent. Uh, but I'm still making it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That chili oil is, is still mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's touching that. <laughs> Um, so, so you've done the food as you, so you've, yeah. uh, you've done like the food side, the cooking side yeah. as well. You've opened your own, you know, concepts, uh, you know, so operationally you've been involved, you know, and you seem very system oriented, you know, yeah. how to, you know, okay, this is the concept. These are, you know, how to put the building blocks in and the systems for this yeah. to like run now. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the question, I have two questions for you about this. So. Like, firstly, which area, and also you seem to enjoy the the personal side of meeting you know with each customer and yeah. so on, and you know building that relationship. So I guess which of those areas, if you had, if you had to pick one, okay. if you had to pick one, which areas do you enjoy the most? I think developing the actual product, same like with the dandan, starting from scratch. Like we need we we need this product. How Firstly, what are the key ingredients? How would you normally make it? Yeah. Then how do you make it better? Mm. How do you consistently keep it at that level? And then from the stages of that, then seeing customers like yourself yeah. really enjoying the food. Yeah. That satisfaction. That, that's pure satisfaction for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pure joy to see you yeah. slurping your noodles yeah, yeah, yeah. with a smile on your face. Yeah. <laughs> and then telling other people to come. Or we get messages back the next day, like, guys, when is your next pop-up? Your food was amazing. Yeah. it's That is what really drives and motivates gotcha. me to just to keep going. Yeah, yeah, Just to yeah. create new dishes, new concepts. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, and it's clear that you, you're incredibly passionate about Thank it. You. Like, it's Thank very, you. very clear. Yeah. And I definitely had a huge smile. I literally, I ate it. And I told, I messaged all my friends, like, I'm like, guys make sure you go you're like you have to go they didn't but next but yeah. it's their loss to be fair, as yeah. far as i'm concerned <laughs> i thought it was great there's more to come the oh se- yeah the yeah, season exactly. is still young no next time i'm gonna because i went just to like go my i like like trying different foods whatever you know i know chanks i wanted to go support as well yeah, and yeah. and the product was just fantastic um so so the cooking part i get and i get how because all those iterations, you know, the testing, you know, to get it not just consistent, getting it to a certain level is one thing, then doing it consistently is another. But then doing that at scale is mm-hmm. what and kind of what I was talking to you about earlier. That is where I find, you know, that's where quality starts to like dip, dip a little. Yeah. Um, but you've been in food now for, you know, quite a while. It seems like you've been in food your whole life. And it's funny that your dad was trying to push you guys yeah. away from it. Yeah. Um, from how challenging it is so now that you've been in it for a while how do you think how do you look at it now like do you now do you understand like why your father was pushing you guys away or now that you've gone through it you see it like not that it's not challenging or it's not difficult but no maybe you know or it just feels more natural to you i, I do you get what i'm trying yeah, to say yeah. you know like how do you reflect um i think i still understand why my father kind of pushed us away it is a hard industry, the long hours. Um, you're working a lot of nights, you're doing a lot of weekends. Like it's the balance of home and work is, is a little bit more harder than yeah. obviously like a normal job. Sure. Um, 
but yes it was it's also a different era that we're in now like in my father's days he's the head chef he's the owner of the business and back then it wasn't i would say the franchises were not there mm. as much Mm-mm-mm. so it's yeah. it a very family-run businesses would exist but not a lot of the franchises so this is where i learned or what i learned from subway it's having the systems the procedures mm. in place to be able to have a team manage that concept and then being able to expand gotcha like most of my family members my uncles aunties they had one single unit restaurants mm-hmm. only yeah very very successful because they were there yeah 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 exactly but like the for me the bigger picture is okay i can have one restaurant that's doing x amount of money or i can have 10 yeah which is doing half of the single unit yeah i would rather have 10 <laughs> <laughs> or if it's one humongous restaurant yeah, yeah, i would yeah. have one yeah, yeah. there's no other way you could control properly yeah exactly um so yeah it's a very different mindset back then got gotcha. you but I, I can see it from both sides. Yeah, of course. And of course. Do you consult him often for like advice on certain things? A lot. A lot, of my, yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of the ingredients, especially for the Chinese food, I, I would still ask my, ask my dad. Yeah. To this day, he's, he still makes the best food for me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my mom and dad's food, like, you can't touch it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I might actually bring them over. You should, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're visiting once here anyway. Okay. Um, Bring them when you have the next pop-up. Let them try yeah, they. I've shown them videos, pictures of every yeah, pop-up. Yeah, they're yeah. like, is your food really that good? <laughs> <laughs> I said, come on, pops. <laughs> <laughs> you see the queue? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. the parents, it doesn't yeah. matter. I need to I yeah. need to try it to, like, you know, have that. These, I don't care about all these guys. I, I get it. That's really, really funny. Yeah, um, but yeah I might bring him to consult on a couple of things yeah, because, yeah. Uh, i have some of my own stuff opening soon in in jlt it's it's uh yeah tell us about it tell uh, us it's here let's tell people about it it's uh it's, so it's like 80 square meter space so okay. we, we took it with the idea to do deliveries from there okay again like it's some small concepts that i want to sure like open out to the public just to gauge interest to see how it goes so yeah, huge hood inside. It's gonna look like a cloud kitchen, but okay. all the concepts will be my own. Okay. Um, there's Pakistani street food going in there. Nice. There's a British Chinese concept. Okay. So it's kind of like there's a place. There's a place similar to that there already, right? What's the name? Uh, it's in JLT. It's in like in one. It's kind of like what you're talking about. In one space, I could get like Chinese food here. I can get noodles and oh, right next yeah, to it, like yeah. dumpling. So is, uh, is that kind of the idea? No, no, no. So oh, okay. uh, that's more of a food hall setting. Yeah, exactly. I know exactly uh, which one you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We know him very well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to whoever it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's more. It, it, there's a very small dining. Okay. Inside. Yeah. Only. 12 seats inside gotcha, gotcha. Um, but it'll be glass and then all you see is a kitchen mm-hmm. I have a team here making Pakistani street food other side producing different food um, yeah we're concentrating a little bit more on delivery from there okay because Jelty's in the middle of everything yeah um, we'll have the outside seating six months of the year sure um, but yeah there I, I just want to test yeah see what some new stuff some new yeah, concepts yeah yeah for sure that's for not sure. being done yet in Dubai yeah 
and it's a good place to just, test from. just grow it from there. Yeah, 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 because it's our own place. I can you can do whatever switch you want. things in and out as exactly. quickly as I want. That's that's really cool though, yeah. and I think that keeps it you know very exciting because yeah. it's just opportunity and like you test it works it doesn't work okay let's yeah. <laughs> let, let's try yeah. something else. So a lot a lot of new stuff will come out of there. Good, good. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really exciting. Uh, you got to keep us posted on, you know, yeah. all that. Please, please do. I'll try. So we tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric, I just got a few more questions for you. Yeah, um, go ahead. So well, after speaking, so first of all, I'm very new. So I'm not in the food scene, but I'm very new to being aware that there is a food scene. Like there's a food community. Yeah. I was not aware of this, okay. you know. I would just go and eat. Um, so after meeting Chang, uh, then I, uh, I got connected to Elias. Elias, I'd known about Pinch for a while, but I'd yeah. never met. I'd never known it was like his. Okay. Um, and you know, now I met you. So they both, what they both talked about, and something I wasn't aware of is the, that they say the food community in Dubai is pretty special. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of the you build very close relationships with a lot of people, and you guys, and there's a lot of collaborations and working together and all that. So it's, it sounds very interesting. Um, my question to you is, first of all, tell us how have you found, you know, the food, the food community here and the food scene. Um, and the second part of the question is, me and Elias kind of talked about this a bit, is like, do you have to, you ca- do you have to, you kind of have to earn, do you have to earn the right to be a part of, you know, to be, <laughs> to, to be respected in that scene, yeah. you know what I mean? If yeah. I, I'm not a, I'm not a cook. I'm not a chef. Like if me as Khaled tomorrow came to you, I'm like, yeah, Eric, you know, I'll talk and start talking like, you know, just talking, but I don't really, I haven't done anything. You know, I don't have that credibility. Does it matter? Does it not matter? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I think when I first came, there was, uh, I didn't know anybody when I, sure. when I first came. Yeah. So same, I didn't know about the F&B community here yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, also, I didn't know if it actually existed or not. There was a lot of people opening individually, but you wouldn't see as many collabs back. Yeah. Like four or five years ago, there mm. wasn't as many. Um, but then getting to know other restaurant owners, networking, eating at different places, talking to different people, I would say it's, it's super welcoming. Like everyone here in Dubai that I've met so far, everyone's super friendly. Everyone's happy for to see everyone's success yeah like they want everyone to grow yeah um oh yes i think once about earning credibility i'm not sure i think you just get along with people you're in the same industry Mm. you have same issues (laughs) (laughs) there's a common ground for everyone (laughs) true and yeah there's like there's an understanding between restaurant owners is like we're all in the same circle yeah yeah you eventually bump into someone that you know yeah. and someone knows somebody else and it's a it's a tight-knit community that I'm, I'm really really happy to be part of yeah 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 um <clears throat> i think one uh i think elias and chang echo the same things that you that you've just talked about um and what what you just said that you know, we're in the same industry, so we have the same problem. So, like, there's a, there's a, you already start from, like, there's a lot of <laughs> things you can, you know, bond over. Like, oh, the supplier, oh, this, whatever. I can imagine, yeah. you know, those kind of conversations. Um, but it's, it's clear, to, I'm not even in it, but it's clear to me that, you know, I've met a lot of amazing people in it, like yourself, like Chan, like mm-hmm. Vyas, and there's many, many more I want to speak to. I love food. So, 
anytime I can speak to someone in that in the industry or in the community, yeah. I'm always like excited because yeah. I, I I genuinely find it so interesting. Yeah. Um, for my last two questions, Eric, these are questions I ask all my guests. Okay. <clears throat> so, looking back, either looking back at your life, either personally or professionally, if I ask you the question, "What are you most proud of?" What would you say? Hmm. Ever? <laughs> when I ask you that question, what are you most proud of? What comes to mind? I guess, like having worked for so long, like 15, 16 hours a day from 10 years ago, or like since 2008, since I started. I think getting to a stage now with the growth, with the knowledge that I've gained, with the concepts that I've been building, I guess seeing it all pay off eventually, even with the multiple ups, the multiple downs of that course. you see on of the course. journey. Of course. You know, there's times where you think, I am going to pack it up. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, of course. I'm going to get a job or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess getting to the stage where we are now, where the success is being recognized. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Dubai has given me a much bigger playing field to mm. play on. Mm -hmm. I think I, out, I outgrew Leeds to a, to a certain extent. It, it sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds like it. Like, there wasn't the stuff there which was that you wouldn't be able to open because the understanding of that food isn't there. Whereas here, it's like, if you want something, you do it properly, you yeah. work hard. I think you will you will achieve yeah. what you want to achieve. You just, you know, keep your head down, keep working. Yeah. Um yeah, I think yeah. And it's a it's a big move. I, I, yeah, of course. Brand new country, not yeah, really yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah. Obviously it helped with that my family members like my well, my wife's family were already here. Yeah. Um my brother in law lived here five years before we moved so okay so you had someone we, to like yeah, you know he helped a lot you helped you yeah, settle yeah, in and whatever yeah 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 you know the initial teething stages yeah, yeah. wasn't there so yeah i think like that's probably one of the proudest moments i would say yeah yeah having that growth yeah yeah i think yeah. um uh, i really love what you said it's so it's very nice to when you work for something for so long and you know for so many years and you have successes it's not that you don't but there's a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs like you said there's times you're like you know fuck, fuck it i'm now you know I'm, I'm done um but to see all that you know finally pay off and like bearing fruit in the way that you want it to where you are like right now in your life is a very satisfying thing mm -hmm. you know it makes all that worth it and all that knowledge and experience everything is for like now we yeah. all that was building for now to yeah. like you know yeah. take off yeah so that's really awesome man i respect that a lot and for my last question eric what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today oh wow i guess uh stay happy <laughs> in whatever stage you are in your life i think yeah the best thing is just to stay positive stay happy 
work hard you know if something doesn't go your way it's not the end of the world um yeah come to ugly noodles <laughs> eat plenty of noodles yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I love that man I think you know everyone can relate to that you know try to not let everything don't take everything too seriously you know in a way be try to be positive be happy and you know hopefully with time if you're consistent the work will pay off I resonate with that a lot Uh, I love that message and I think not just myself a lot of people you know can relate to that too um, Eric, I want to say thank you so much thank for you. coming on the show thank today, you, man. man. This has been, it's been a pleasure. It's been so much fun, honestly. I've really loved the conversation, learning about you and your story. Yeah. And yeah, congratulations again on <coughs> Ugly Noodles. It was excellent. Um, I haven't had Ugly Burger yet, but I'm waiting till it's open yeah. so I can go check that out. Yeah. Um, if any, people want to, you know, work with you, get in touch with you, what's the best way first? You know, um, let us know. How I do think we the only way in Dubai is Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I, that's how we got. Right, I've never used Inst- I My account was opened in in Dubai. Oh, my really? Instagram account. Yeah, yeah. I literally, I was. It came to a point where, okay, I have to use it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Instagram, just on your Instagram, or check out you know Ugly Noodles. Yeah, follow Ugly Noodles, Noodles, Ugly yeah, Burger, Ugly Burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see the name tagged everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. Uh, Eric, thanks so much again, man. This has been a pleasure. Really, really enjoyed thank it. Thank you so much, Khalid. Guys, to everyone listening, thank you so, so much. Make sure to check out Ugly Burger and Ugly Noodles. It is fantastic, guys. Trust me, if, if I'm going, that means you should go. Um, please make sure to like, share, follow, and subscribe to the podcast at hope.helps on all platforms. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace. <laughs>